Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Acting, like just coming up with a character, I think is very different from uh, what you actually do when you're when you're making a television show or or a movie. You know, so when you're when you're learning acting, it, it almost seems like all of those settings are built for the stage and the, the actual nuts and bolts and technicality of, of acting for television or movies is, is really different. You know what I mean? Like everything's chopped up into mm -hmm. tiny, tiny right. little pieces. Um, and then occasionally you'll get to run through a scene one time in like a master shot. Um, but then the detail comes and the close-ups and stuff like that. And so th there was no prep preparation for that at all. This is the Tom Rowland Podcast. Fascinating stories to amaze, encourage, and inspire you in fishing, fitness, and the outdoors. And we're brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. I started this podcast as a way to connect with my friends, people that I admire and respect, and you. It has been a learning journey that's made me a better person, a better fisherman, a better father, and a better athlete. I'm so happy that you're on this journey with me, and I'd love to hear from you with show suggestions, guest suggestions, or questions. The best way to get a hold of me is through text. You can text 305-930-7346 for the fastest response, but if you prefer to email, you can send that to podcast at saltwaterexperience.com. That's a dedicated email address just for the show. If you like this show, you can show your support by posting about it on social media and tagging me. Text the link to a couple of friends that may also enjoy it and subscribe and leave a five-star review if you feel like I've earned it. The website is tomrollandpodcast.com and that is where everything lives. All past shows, you can go and listen to any show. You can look up all the different shows that we've done. 
both the How To Tuesdays, the full links, and the Physical Fridays. They all live on TomRolandPodcast.com. And the social media is Tom underscore Roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D, on Instagram. Or you can go to our big account, Saltwater underscore Experience. I hope to hear from you soon. So now, let's get on to today's show. I'm Ethan Zipli, and this is the Tom Roland Podcast. All right, Ethan, how are you today? I'm good, sir. How are you? Man, I'm just I'm just doing fantastic. I'm really I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. I've I've been a fan. I've uh I've certainly followed your career. It's very easy to follow some of the most iconic movies of of our time you've been in. And if you look at your IMDb DB page, it is it's crazy. You're you've been so prolific in in what you've done. It's it's just wild. And you've had this op- these opportunities to be in these incredible movies and play these incredible characters it's just really been very cool to watch how uh yeah. how did that start for you uh i i left i i i kind of left high school early and uh i had a bunch of friends in i i was raised in los angeles and i had friends who were actors and it really seemed like me it seemed to me like the best way to work without getting a job was to be an actor <laughs> you know that that was very appealing when i was a teenager and uh and so i i went out and found an agent who would represent me and and basically the first day of auditions i was sent on i wound up getting i wound up getting two jobs and i i took one and that was a show called boy meets world in the early 90s yeah wow what a start yeah, that's that's pretty uncommon, really, for for I mean, you, you always hear about the, you know, the the struggling actor that tries so hard and, and, and just auditions and auditions and auditions. What do you think the difference was that, that I mean, that you you have such luck right away or maybe it's not luck, maybe it's preparation meet an opportunity i don't know i mean i you know, as far as that goes, I don't there wasn't a huge amount of preparation. I I don't you know, it's it, acting like just coming up with a character I think is very different from uh, what you actually do when you're, when you're making a television show or, or a movie, you know? So when you're, when you're learning acting, it, it almost seems like all of those settings are built for the stage and the, the actual nuts and bolts and technicality of, of acting for television or movies is, is really different. You know what I mean? Like everything's chopped up into mm-hmm. tiny, tiny yeah. little pieces. Um, and then occasionally you'll get to run through a scene one time in like a master shot. Um, but then the detail comes and the close-ups and stuff like that. And so there was no prep preparation for that at all. Um, I, I think I was just lucky to be honest with you. You know, I, I went and happened to audition for a couple of things that, uh, that I was right for on day one and started working and, and, you know, I got to do boy meets world for like three years, which was, which was cr- also crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And then, uh, then your career just progresses, and you just get. I mean, one of my favorites of all time is "Remember the Titans." I mean, that was so good, and you were so good in that that one. And just we just watched that movie the other day um, with with my son. He had never seen it, and so we watched it. And just uh, man, that that movie it makes me cry every time. The whole the whole movie, like it's just yeah. such a like 
I don't know. There's so many good actors in that movie, and the story's so good, and it's just, I don't know what it is about that movie, but those kind of movies always get me, like Rudy and that yeah. movie, Miracle. Like, they sure. just get me. Like, I'm a sports fan at heart, and then if you get a movie like that that can really tell that story, it's just, I don't know. It's it's iconic. Like it's, yeah, that's a special one for sure. It's yeah. hard to do, you know, be, there's like, I, I definitely feel like I've been in a handful of movies that are really good, but it's hard unless you're, um, you know, like one of the main people who are, who are making these decisions. I'm just going at that point from job to job, basically. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I got very, very lucky many times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in your career also... One of the things that I followed is is this weight loss journey and this this relationship that you have, um, and you're you're quite open about it on your on your podcast, American Glutton. I really like your podcast. I've listened to a whole bunch of them, and um, it's it's really good. It's very interesting um, conversations, really about food and and the relationship with food and and just your journey. Like I look at you as like the the David Goggins of of weight loss because <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying like because David Goggins one of the things that he's talking about he's like man there's all these people that that talk about the theory of mindset and they talk about this and that he's like I am it I have done it and and that's that's you like you you have done this and you have been in these places that I just think that so many people that are giving advice on on weight loss and giving advice on 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 mental preparation for it and just the whole process i don't think that they've experienced what you have you know it, it's it's such a tricky thing to really even um talk about because we are inundated endlessly with kind of what i think of as like get rich quick scheme yeah. diets right mm -hmm. where a person just has to make one tweak and or they're sold on a 30-day program and now look if you want to lose five pounds maybe that's all you need but most of the people i'm talking to and and a large portion of the country at this point is rapidly becoming morbidly obese morbid morbidly obese mm -hmm. and so i don't think any of those um solutions those one shot like you know whether it's i'm just going to stop eating seed oils or I'm going to be a vegan or I'm going to only eat meat that that to me is not a solution for uh, a bunch of nuanced issues that have kind of overtaken your life to get you to this point of being, you know, hundreds of pounds overweight. And I think if we if we don't have some kind of a perspective shift on that, if we keep looking for these simple one shot solutions to obesity, we're just never going to get there as proven by the amount that we continue by percentage to get more and more obese. And, you know, every, you know, year there's a new, a new thing where it's like, you know, now coconut oil is a big thing and, right. and you're fine if you just eat coconut oil and, and, you know, uh, put butter in your coffee. That's it. That's all you have to do. And you won't be hungry ever again. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sure if I'm sure if David Goggins put butter in his coffee and decided this is going to fill me up for the day, it might. 
but he also can run an ultra marathon. So right. I'm talking to people who can't do that or who aren't doing that. And like, we got to have a, a bit of a perspective shift on our entire lives, basically, mm -hmm. to combat this thing that that we're mindlessly doing for our entire lives, you know? Yeah, it is. There is a lot of it that is mindless um, because, you know, maybe it's even that you're eating the same thing that you've always eaten, but the food's changed. And so the right. same thing that you've always eaten, you like these particular types of meats, you like these particular types of vegetables. You Now they're coming in a different looking package and you don't know the difference and you just eat the same type of thing that your parents ate and the same type of thing that you ate all your life. And where did this come from? Like, what what's going on here? And I'm trying to eat healthy. And that's the other thing is, like, I hear people say, well, I'm eating clean. Or uh, what does I'm, that mean? I'm eating yeah. healthy. And it's like, I, I have to ask them, well, what is that to you? What do you think that is to you? What is eating clean? What is eating yeah. healthy? What is watching your diet? Like, what is it? And so, I don't know. I just kind of, like, having the conversation with people that have have been very successful with it or even the, even the other way of of that it it just has never quite worked for them and it's like wonder what it is about certain people that it has worked and people have lost tremendous amounts of weight and kept it off and then other people that try and try and try and try and try and and it just never seems to work for them and I know that you would have a different perspective on that because you've probably been you've been both of those people, right? Like, yeah. By the way, I've done every one of those get rich quick scheme <laughs> diets. I, I've done them all. I've lost weight and then I gained it back on every single one because none of those diets address the rest of your life, you know. So it's possible to lose a bunch of weight by making one alteration, but. At some point, is that alteration going to be enough to get you down to a really healthy weight? Maybe not, you know, and and if it's not, then what are you going to, how are you going to make the adjustments to continue losing weight if you need to? And then if you do get down to a certain weight, you go like, this is the weight I want to be for the rest of my life. How has that diet set you up for that? Yes. You know, I often thought about weight loss as, this magical thing you know like you hear about like buddha sits uh, beneath the bodhi tree and mm -hmm. achieves the state of enlightenment and i would think about weight loss in those terms like if i just lose 200 pounds i will be cured and it just doesn't really work that way you know i'm also a sober person and it's the same thing like i've gone through through rehab a number of times this is many many years ago um and you come out of rehab thinking, well, the drugs are out of my system. I'm done. I'm good. That's no such luck. You got to really work at your life to kind of put it back together. And I don't know that this necessarily applies to everybody, but I do think it applies to enough people that it's st a statistical probability that if you've been a drug addict to the point where you need rehab, that it also requires a little bit more work towards staying clean once you're out of rehab, hmm. you know, and similar to weight loss, you lose the weight and then you just go like, well, now I don't need to work at this anymore. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, not working at it got you to be obese because that's what you're conditioned to do. 
That's a great start to the conversation. We're going to take a short break and get right back to the show in just a moment. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hmm. and so what are somebody where do, where do you go like that like in in your case like you you seem to have really gotten it under control here recently because you're jacked man like you got a six-pack like that was one yeah. of the things that you you said in in one of the things that i read like you have achieved your dream of having a six pack and, and you look at your Instagram, you got a six pack. So how do you, how do you do that? Like lose 300 pounds and not only just do that, but also achieve a, 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 a level of fitness that is incredible. Like that's, that's incredible. And that's, that's to me, that's gotta be something that's not just a calorie in calorie out kind of thing. That's a mindset thing that you, that you've had to work on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it is. It's less so now because I've kind of got uh, my life structured in a way where, as it was twenty years ago, structured in a way where I was just gaining weight day in day out. Now it's structured in a way where the gym is a part of my life mm. six days a week at least occasionally if i get super restless i go and do a really light day on sunday in the gym i have uh cardio machines at my house i take my dogs on walks every day my life has become more active physically and then you know through really meticulous care I have determined how much food my body can eat to maintain this size. And so if I want to lose weight, I know I just cut out a little bit. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, but you know, it required like the destruction of a ton of bad habits, like eating late at night and eating out of boredom and eating out of uh, happiness or eating to comfort myself. Like all that had to go out the window. Like those for me are boundaries I don't cross. Hmm. Um, and that's not to say, you know, I've also had the odd Christmas or Thanksgiving where my wife and kids are like, can you please, we've made this dish. You're at, you've, we can see your abs. You've got a good jawline. Can you please try the dish that we put all this effort in? And then, and then I go, yes, absolutely. Right. I can also like let my hair down in that way, but it's just very occasionally. That's where you go a lot on your podcast is like, that's to me, that's a relationship with food. Like it, it, you, you cut out like the celebratory meals, you cut out the, the, the depressed meals, you cut out the stress meals, you cut out the boring meals and you develop this relationship that food is fuel. And, you know, I, what I'm curious about, like when you're, when you're talking about that, that you have determined how much food you're eating now to maintain this certain size that you want. I'm sure over the, this journey that you've been on, you've talked to probably uh, nutritionists, witch doctors, I don't know, every possible person that could possibly help. Right. And, and I'm just wondering when it gets right down to it, 
is it you that that ultimately is is in charge of it now or are you still consulting with professionals or like no let me say this to you right away tom because <clears throat> this is something i've actually gotten some pushback on social media from people who are mm -hmm. like you're a rich actor you have a chef and trainers and this not true i have no personal chef i've never had a per i've never been that wealthy that seems to me you know i know a couple guys with chefs and they are really really rich so i think in order to to get that you got to be really rich yeah. um i've been to all manner of nutritionists and dietitians and i've had personal trainers but this is over the last 20 years and with each of those i lost weight and then i gained weight back and so the tool that i used five years ago that helped me was a Google search for a, a, a basal metabolic rate cal calculator. Huh. And I got a number and then I spent two weeks monitoring that number. So it said X amount of energy could be consumed by me per day. And they call it calories, calories, this word calories really upsets people. <laughs> so I call it energy because that's what it sure. means. It's energy, right? We've got these machines, these body machines that we put fuel into and that fuel we uh the metric we use to um to basically weigh that fuel is, is calories and you know the the google search the number the google search gave me wasn't exactly accurate i actually had to go below that because those things are not perfect and it took me a couple of weeks and then i had this number okay on a on a low exertion day here's the amount of energy my body needs just to exist mm -hmm. right and based on that i constructed what i ate and i did some trial and error stuff and found there's some stuff where when i eat it i don't feel great or when i eat it i'm hungry right away and so guess what that stuff started to fall by the wayside because mm -hmm. i don't really like being hungry especially when i know i'm eating enough um and it had nothing to do with nutritionists. It had nothing to do. And this has been, this is like five, five and a half years ago yeah. now, you know? And so there, there was a point before that where I was doing keto and I got to the point where I wasn't losing weight on keto. So I got super strict and then I still wasn't losing weight. And so hmm. then I started re restricting my food on keto and I started losing weight again. And I went, wait a second, if I have to restrict my food, because the whole thing about keto is yeah. like eat whatever you want. <laughs> if I've got to restrict my food, what what is the point in this? Why am I doing this? And guess what? I added rice and bread and pasta back into my diet and watched my calories and started losing weight again. Mm -hmm. So like I, th that is my big warning to people, especially with massive weight loss. You start at 500 pounds or 350 pounds. It's still probably massive weight loss. Mm -hmm. If you got to lose 100 pounds or more, you start at 350 pounds. You do something that says just you can, you don't have to pay attention to what you eat at all. The amount of energy your body needs to maintain it, its weight or the uh, the amount you need to reduce to get into a deficit is going to change so much when you lose 50 pounds that if you just continue eating the same thing, you're not going to lose weight anymore. Right. This to me is the big fallacy of trying to use keto to handle massive obesity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? because you can be keto and to consume a tremendous amount of food. I yeah. mean, 
you can eat tons and tons of meat and and i mean i don't know i mean eventually i don't i don't know it doesn't it obviously isn't working for everyone because because it's not working for everyone it works great for some people right and 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 i'm not knocking it for those right do whatever works that's the thing how important do you think it is like when this is where I, i i look at someone like yourself uh far more so than than to to some some weight loss guru person that that is is giving advice on on instagram but like a lot of people say well you know you just got to hit kind of rock bottom where you just really really want to make a change but some people really do want to make a change and they try to make a change and every time you see this person they're trying to make a change and they're following something and they've been to a new nutritionist and they really want to make a change but it's just not working for them yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? Is it is that the is it that you really have to make the change, or is it that you keep tinkering around with this until until you find something that starts to work for you, like you like you just described? Well, yeah, I will say I I had many instances where I said aloud, even I will do anything. Tell me what to do. I will do anything. I need to give up bread. Fine, done. Bread is done. Right but i i didn't want it to be and when i when i would say i want to do everything i was thinking like just tell me the one thing to do yeah right (laughs) you know and it turns out it's a little bit more than just one thing um you know i would alter my my route home when i was driving home to keep me away from the drive-throughs that i was accustomed to going through because it was safer in the beginning to do that um there and and I could tell you every little thing, every little nuanced thing I did to alter my life, to safeguard my life, so that I could be successful. But you know, it was this persistent idea of I'm gonna find the thing that I can do, and then it was also backed up with oh, maybe it's gonna be more than just finding the right diet. Maybe mm-hmm. it's going to be addressing my entire life and and deconstructing it and pulling it apart and going how many bad habits am i not even thinking about you know like i I was teaching my kid one of my youngest kids um recently how to drive and i'm walking her through it going oh she really has no idea of anything and i'm going like okay (laughs) gentle on the gas now start to turn now feather the brake back to the gas now turn out and and so she's starting to go like, okay, and she's talking herself through every little step. That's not how we live our lives. Once you learn how to drive, you're not doing that. So if you in the future have this problem where you keep getting like speeding tickets and you go like, well, I'm just not going to speed. Okay. Maybe that handles it. But if you go, my driving is a disaster as, as a whole, my driving is a disaster. And you try to handle that by just not speeding maybe it doesn't handle it and maybe you got to take it back apart to the point where you have to think through every step and put it back together in a better way. And that's basically what I did with my life. And now look, I think a lot of people are going to hear this and go, that's too much work. I'll just go keto. (laughs) And I go like, okay, fine. Do what you're going to do. I'm just telling you, I tried keto. I tried, um, you know, fit for life, uh, the Beverly Hills diet, the cabbage soup diet, the potato diet, 
I tried every single diet that's existed, South Beach, The Zone, and I failed at all of them. Not not losing weight. I was successful at losing weight, and then I gained the weight back mm. at every single one. And so, why why me, is that? Do you think with all the different ones that you just mentioned that that you ended up gaining it back? Because I have this conversation with a lot of people that that have asked about weight loss and different things, and and is it that that's just not sustainable over time. Like you can do that for six months and your family's going to be like, okay, well, all he's eating is cabbage soup now and this is going to be okay for, you know, we're going to support this for six months. But I mean, is that really, are you really going to do that for the rest of your life? You're going to eat cabbage soup only or you're going to eat something only or you're making yourself this social pariah forever? Like, is that, and, and some people are fine with that. Like, yep, that's just the way it's going to be. I've tried everything else, and that's the way it's going to be. But in your, you know, you just reeled off eight of them. Like, yeah. what it, was it because it's not sustainable or just to? Well, a lot of those diets put you into a really, really severe caloric deficit. Mm-hmm the you're basically starving. I mean, you know, some of them are five, six hundred calories a day. The end product of that, if you go like, this is the rest of my life, you die. You starve mm-hmm. to death. Mm-hmm. That's not, that, you know, little kids eat more than 600 calories right. a day. Um, so that is definitely not sustainable. And then, so so it's kind of two things. One, if you're doing one of these starvation, super, super energy restrictive diets, that cannot be forever because you die. And you have created like, now they've they've shown this study in animals i don't think they've ever shown it in people but many times scientifically they can go at people and and go like well this also applies the human body an adult human body has a certain fixed amount of fat cells and when you get fatter those cells just expand they get larger the only time you kind of create a window to actually produce more fat cells is after you've starved. Hmm. So if you withhold an extreme amount of food from yourself and then you overfeed coming out of that, meaning you don't taper onto food slowly, you eat too much, you binge eat, your body wants to store that food so fast because it just thought it was dying because you were starving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it creates more fat cells. So you actually get fatter by doing those super, super low calorie diets. Hmm. That's number one. Number two, the, the kind of lifestyle changes where it's like, well, just don't eat carbohydrates anymore. Fine. If you want to lose a little bit of weight, But if you have hundreds of pounds of weight to lose, or even 50 pounds of weight to lose, I would just suggest that you um, are just as likely to overeat fat as you are to overeat anything else. Mm -hmm. There's no evidence that says uh, people just magically learn how to eat when they stop eating carbohydrates. They stop overeating. I know that I didn't only eat out of hunger. I ate many times for a a myriad of other reasons Mm -hmm. other than just being hungry. And just eating fat is not going to get rid of all of the other stuff going on in your life that you're using food to kind of handle. For sure. I just lost 20 pounds. And um, uh, I did it just because I, I just thought, well, I weigh 191 that's too heavy. That's not what I should be. And I think 
you know, I've had this this issue with my calf with running where I, it's just I've just had lots of calf issues over the last couple of years with running. It's been very difficult to run. So I started thinking, well, I did this weight, uh, a weight vest workout where I was wearing a 20-pound weight vest, and I finished the workout, and I take this 20-pound weight vest, and I throw it off, and I go, wow, that feels amazing. I bet if I threw another 20-pound weight vest off, maybe I could get my running back. And yeah. so that was really the, the motivation for me is, is that I really like to run. And I have not been able to run because of this, this calf thing. And I think of running as like this moving meditation for me. And it's like this, maybe it's good for my body, but it's definitely good for my head. And I just like it. And, and I want to get back to doing it. And I used to run marathons. And for some reason, I've, I've encountered these issues with my calves that, that I just, out of nowhere, just boom, just pops. And so I haven't been running and I've been doing everything else. And so it's been fine. I can do all kinds of other things. But I threw this weight vest off and I thought, man, 20 pounds off. That sounds I, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. So I set the goal and I, I did it. And in doing it, one of the one of my techniques of, of doing this was that I'm going to track everything that I put into my mouth. When I put it in my mouth, what I put in my mouth and I do it through an app. And um, I would get hungry and I would or I would get ready to go eat something and I would be like, why am I eating? I'm, I'm only eating because I'm bored. I've yeah. got nothing to do right now and I'm bored. Or you would see someone and you'd be like, hey, you want to go get something to eat? But I'm looking at my app and I'm like, but I've already eaten breakfast and lunch. What am I going to have a third meal here and then dinner like right it's it's like what you're saying it's something else it's boredom it's a social thing it's it's entertainment it's celebration it's whatever it is we're going to take a quick break and get right back to the show in just a moment but and and it's omnipresent dude sure you go to home depot and you're checking out a home depot and they got food for yeah. you at the oh, checkout hey, you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you cannot go anywhere and 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 not have food thrown in your face in this country. Yeah. It is if you got everywhere. kids, you're like, oh, wouldn't it be? We got a, we got an hour. Wouldn't it be fun to go get some ice cream? Like, right. and the kids are going to have a great time. Yeah, ice cream. Let's do it. And then the next thing you know, you're going to get ice cream. And yeah. and it's like, why are we eating ice cream? Because we're only eating ice cream because this is this is an activity. Like this is an activity that revolves around food. And everybody loves ice cream. Who doesn't like ice cream? It's sure. fantastic. But when you, it took, it took like, and I already knew this, but it took this app and showing me that, look, in fact, you don't have anything left. Like it has these little three ring, rings. And when you fill up the fat, it fills the ring all the way up. And then you fill up the protein, it fills the ring all the way up. You fill up the carbohydrates, it fills the ring all the way up. So you can kind of, it's kind of like a fuel gauge, right? Like you look at it and that's when I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, breakfast, I'm halfway through my day now i've got a small lunch and then i still have room for dinner and so you start thinking okay well i not only was i going to eat for boredom here but i don't have anything left like right there's nothing left so if i want to go do that that's fine but i'm not going to eat dinner and yeah. and then it's you it's like a fuel tank and for me it worked really well but it also what what was the most evident to me is pointing out when i was using food for any other reason than fuel and it yeah. was really often really yeah. often right? me too dude yeah and then and i don't have hundreds of pounds to lose i was just losing 20 so when you think about like like your journey 
it's like okay there's a million things that you're using food for and yeah you got to get you got to get that under control and like when you're when you're when we're explaining this and you're you're talking about your journey there are probably a lot of people that are listening and going whoa that's a lot of work man I'm, yeah, that's that's a lot of work but i guess that's where it really boils down to it goes back to well do do you want to make a change and it's one thing to do you want to make a a change that's going to be a silver bullet a quick fix or are you willing to do the work that maybe that's what's required and that's not a popular selling point no telling people <laughs> it's telling people it's a total life kind of makeover it, it's not it's not popular because people are also being sold at the same time just do this one thing yeah. and it will solve all your problems and you know for some reason we keep as a society buying into that because it's there's a new one every year every year pill. there's a big new diet Even yeah worse like there's a right. pill or you could take this 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 supplement and you won't be hungry at, at all and, and you'll just lose yeah. weight or you can get a surgery even, right right yeah, there's so it's it's there's endless quick get rich quick schemes out there for that that are to solve for dieting but i i love what you're talking about with the uh um the food app because like one of the things, big things that helped me was just journaling in mm -hmm. the beginning. I did eventually find a food app also that I used for a little while, but I, I first just started writing everything down and I yeah. would write everything down and write down all its values. And I was doing math all day long. And I was like, oh, you know, now I know what, what the value of this is in terms of energy for my body. I just didn't know that before. Right. And you didn't know like, oh, I could eat uh, a, a tablespoon of this or I could eat a bowl of this and it's the same thing like yeah I can eat a bowl of broccoli or I can eat three potato chips and it's gonna be right. the same carbohydrate value right and yeah. and for me like <clears throat> you 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 learn when you're writing it down you're learning like okay this is the value of this like you're talking about but but also what a lot of people don't even realize is like this is a carbohydrate a vegetable and junk food this is a fat this is a protein and how these all come together to make your your daily caloric intake and and also when you're writing down sometimes you get ready to eat something and you're like i don't want to write that down that's <laughs> i'm not going to write that down so you just put it back yeah. right like yeah. the it's the act of writing it down or putting it in the in the food app where you're like man that's good for me. It's like these little circles. Like if I put that in there, and I can actually do it in the one that I've got, the carbon uh, diet. Yeah, it's called oh, the it's carbon great. diet coach. Yeah, that's Lane yeah. Norton. Do you know him? I do. He's uh, awesome. Oh, I that really that, like that is a great app because it will make adjustments for you. Right, but you can yeah. also put in whatever you want, and then you're like, whoa, that sends me to the moon. I'm taking that out, and yeah. and you can like test it and put it in there and test it and see. But that's that that has been really good for me. Um, as far as exercise goes, you're doing a lot of boxing. What are you, what are you boxing so much for these days? It, it literally was, um, this idea I had at the beginning of the year because I hadn't been doing a lot of cardio and I was like, I want to do a little bit more cardio, but you know, I, I'm not a good runner. I have terrifically flat feet. I had done the last like, um, real kind of, uh, romance i had with cardio was on a rowing machine mm -hmm. and i jumped on a rowing machine early in the year and i was so 
bad compared to what I had been able to do on a yeah. rowing machine. Like I did a full marathon on a rowing machine once. Uh-huh. And and then that was discouraging. And I thought, what what can I do where it doesn't matter that I'm bad? And I was like, well, I'll go do some kickboxing because like, you know, I don't need to be good at that. I've never been good at that. Right. So Mike Chandler um, introduced us to one another. Um, is, yeah. Did you meet him through through boxing or through a gym like that? Or how do you know Mike? I think we knew each other on social media. And then I just wound up going to a gym, not even realizing that he was there, that he was doing a training camp, camp at. And that's how we met. Oh, nice. He is he is a, a great dude. I yeah. I really uh enjoyed spending some time with him. He he's one of those guys that is very good at inspiration and motivation. I mean, he's yeah. transcending his his sport and he will easily be a a speaker or a or a personality in in that space. Um I think he's just I don't know, really really like him. But the boxing is is that's that is a good workout for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you also like cycling, right? Like, I haven't done that in a long time, but I used to. That was one iteration of weight loss where I just rode a bike eight hours a day, six days a week, didn't eat anything, got really, really thin, and then crashed and gained a bunch of weight. <laughs> so that's not the answer either, right? I mean, I, I think... Can you exercise I, your way to to can I mean that's the other question like is it in the kitchen or is it in the gym or is it a mixture of both or is it a mixture of that and mindset I guess is like this whole conversation that we're having it's, it seems like it's all three Yeah I think it's I really do think it's all of it um you whatever amount of energy you use up in the gym you're going to use a lot more just in your life just by moving around the house or doing or the way you talk if you're animated when you talk that all costs that all costs your body fuel and so it's it's it i think it's everything i do for me think it is mostly the kitchen mm. i think that's the vast majority of the problem i had was i was fairly sedentary um but i think that came because i was overweight um, and so the, the, the biggest hurdle for me is not that I want to sit and do nothing all day. It's that it was really tiring at 550 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, what are you working on now? I've got a few movies coming out. Um, a movie called God is a bullet and one called Babylon and one called Manadrome. Wow. And yeah, and I'm just doing my podcast and how do you my life how right do you now. manage um do those all shoot at the same time? I've always wondered that. Like when I was looking at your IMDb thing, like you'll have some years where you're you got a bunch of credits and then a couple of years where it's just like one thing. And maybe I don't know, one, maybe one of those years where you're doing a bunch of things is the busy year or the one thing or the time when you're doing just the one thing is the busy year. I don't know which is more, which is busier having a bunch of jobs kind of going on throughout the year, or if you're working on like a series. Well, I very rarely, I mean, I have in my life had two jobs at the same time, which then there's all kinds of <laughs> scheduling nightmares that get into that when one job goes later than it's supposed to. And you've already agreed to start doing another job that can be a real nightmare so i try to make sure there's at least some cushion of space between them 
but you know, it tends to be a few months, very busy. And then a few months of not very busy. Mm. And you know, it goes back. And that's and when you can work on the podcast and stuff. Yeah. And do you, yeah. do you um, stack the podcast up? Like, do you try to do a bunch of episodes and then release them regularly or yeah, that's how once I do a week. It. Yeah, yeah, that's for me. That's the best. But you'll record the them all. At, you'll record a whole bunch of them at, at one time, and then and then let them go. I, no, I'll record. I'll try to record one a week, and then I'll always have. I'll always be like three weeks behind. So there's three episodes, but I'm still trying to record one a week. Mm-hmm. Does that make you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so your your podcast, American Glutton. What was the idea? Uh, for starting that podcast a buddy of mine kevin Connolly, another actor he started a whole podcasting company and he was um he asked me a number of times to do a podcast you know with your friends i'm i'm pretty much like a a political contrarian (laughs) where really i think of all politicians as criminals <laughs> I, you know i don't let there's no team that's off the hook right. in my eyes right. um and so he we would often have these discussions me and my friends where it didn't matter who they were bringing up or what side i would just take the opposing view and be like well that's bs those guys are criminals they should all be in jail or hung for war crimes or something like that and he wanted me to do a podcast like that and i was like you're crazy dude i'm a, i'm a hollywood actor i can't do that's that's insane like we can't i can't talk about politics i certainly can't be a contrarian this is for fun amongst friends and like i don't even know if i really believe any of that i just think like it's funny to watch people get so bent out of shape about politics <laughs> which i i really do have some disdain for politics um and so he kept saying, like, come on, do it. It'll be awesome. You'll upset people, but people will love it. It'll be funny. And I finally was like, I'll do a podcast, but I just want to talk about health and fitness and setting physical goals and believing in yourself and stuff like that. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and I found that it was really helpful to me, you know, to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think uh, amongst uh, a, a group of people who all share my ideals with sobriety, um sitting around and talking about that with them is also super helpful but i didn't have that really with weight loss and so it was like well i can talk to people about this in in the form of a podcast Mm -hmm. and 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 the journey has it taken some twists and turns for you or have you stayed consistent with i mean it seems like that's what you do is you talk about that on your podcast but i don't know it's been going for a while and yeah. this podcast that that I'm doing has taken all kinds of twists and turns. I basically find people that I think are interesting and talk about things that I'm interested in. And a lot of times that's fishing, and a lot of times it's health and fitness, and a lot of times it's leadership. And then I'll get a chance to talk to somebody like Mike Chandler or or yourself. And it's like I just to your point, it has been as helpful to me as a as a tool to learn more and a tool to become a better communicator and a tool to have really interesting conversations that in this world of cell phones and stuff it's hard to sit down with somebody for an hour and talk yeah. to them and get to know them even if it's across a computer screen like this but yeah. it's taken lots of twists and turns and it's gone nowhere that I thought it was going to 
And I just wonder like what your journey has been like in your, in, in the American glutton. There have been so many uh, people where before having done it, I would see somebody say something or read somebody's book and go like, God, I would love to talk to that person. And so now to your point, I can, because I can, you know, send an email or have my producer get in touch with them somehow and go like, would you come on my show? That's been invaluable to me because mm -hmm. there is, you know, look, I, I, I have, uh, I didn't even graduate from high school, so I have no real education, but I'm super interested in things that I'm super interested right. in. And so I'm like a sponge for that kind of data. So I've, I've had, like you mentioned, Carbon, I've had Lane Norton on my show and just having a conversation with him is fascinating because he's like this PhD sure. scientist, you know, and no and, BS. No with, BS I mean, and, with and him. He, at all. And he's like, look, here's what the evidence says. Right. That's it. And so th it's really, really fun um, to get to have those conversations. Before we wrap up our conversation, we're going to take one final break. You're right back. Yeah. I, uh, I and, and I've, I've done the same, the same kind of thing, even with, with him. Now he likes to fish. So yeah. there's like a, there's like a real commonality there. I went, um, on the way back from a trip, I dropped in at his, at his house and worked out with him and dropped off some fish and did a podcast with him in his house. And that's what we were supposed to do today. But, uh, we, our plans changed, but, um, We'll we'll do that. So I saw a picture of you on your Instagram with a with a little bass. Um, what what's yes. your what's your experience with fishing? That what you saw is about that's my <laughs> that's my total experience with fishing. But you know, um, I am super uh, fascinated by it. I really want to, um, you know, I really want to get a boat. And I was looking. I, I had this whole idea about what a boat was for a long time. Then I went and started looking at them and come to find out, like, I really think the center console fishing boats are much cooler mm -hmm. somehow than the kind of boats I was thinking about. And then I, and you know, and then I was thinking like, that's pretty weird. Cause I don't really fish. <laughs> Am I going to start fishing? And I thought like that could be cool. And we, I went on this trip with my family and you know, it wasn't the most exciting trip. I've ever been on in my life, but I found that like I could go and throw this fishing lure in the water and be completely captivated for four hours straight, oh, yeah. not, not looking at my phone, not thinking about anything. And I was like, that's really fun. So like, I, I am definitely interested in fishing, especially, you know, that thing, it, it felt like it put up a fight, but it, it was like a, a six ounce bass yeah. or, or, you know, it was a tiny <laughs> well, thing. we need to get you uh, down to the keys where, where you can mix fishing and food and yeah. we go out and catch some fish that, that we can eat like mahi or, you know, snappers or something like that. And then, I mean, then it's like, okay, now this is a whole different experience with food because you're going to eat it in a way that, yeah. that, you want to and and keep some um that's that's really fun i like that a lot but yeah. I, th I think you would like it um especially because the keys are the keys are are beautiful and and awesome you're not very far away and uh we should definitely we should definitely get you down there um the boat thing the thing the advice i would give you about the boat is start uh, start small yeah i mean you know I, the the 
I, I, I've been on boats, I've, you know, over in Europe where you sleep on the boat uh -huh. and you, you know, and it's fancy and all of that. And I'm like, that's not, that's way out of my reach like that. But I thought like, oh, there's this one boat that's much smaller, but still got a couple bedrooms on it. And we went and priced them and I, and I had no idea. So it'd be like buying another house. Yes. <laughs> and then my wife was like, okay. I want you to dumb down and and get the like go to the smallest thing you'd be thinking of and that's still like cuz I had no idea what this stuff cost that still was the price of a house it's yeah. just not a mansion anymore it's right. still a, a a fairly nice house um so that was kind of a rude awakening just how expensive these things they, are they can so, be they can be really really incredibly expensive and and then on top of that Basically, every boat's a compromise. So, right. like you're saying, well, I want to fish in this little pond for the bass, but I also want to go out there and 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 catch mahi on the weekend, you know, offshore. So you need two boats. And so you either need two boats, or you need a boat that's not going to do either one of those very well, or it's going to do right. one of them really well and the other very poorly. And right. uh, and so that's like the things. Like every boat's a compromise. But the boating world is a is an interesting one. And you're in a great place, you know, around around your area, kind of. Uh, South Florida area of being able to go to the Miami Boat Show and being able to go to the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show and basically being able to see every type of boat under the sun right there uh, in one I've little been, place to walk around. I've been to both of those boat shows and I just, I just, I walked out going like my wife's <laughs> never just... going to say okay to any of this. She's yeah. never going to be okay with any of this because it, you know, even some of the tenders for the bigger boats are hundreds of thousands yeah, of dollars, right. you know, and that's just to get you to the dock. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But it doesn't so, have to be like that. You know, you no, just, no. The, the thing is, is like the, the funny thing about this conversation about choosing a boat and then the conversation that we had about like weight loss and the conversation that I have with people about uh, fitness is it's like what you have to do is you have to find something that is going to enhance your life. It's right. not going to cause undue stress and turmoil in your life. Like if you're going to go out and buy a $700,000 boat and your wife is, was thinking it was going to cost maybe twenty, and you right. come back with a $700,000 boat and it's, you, it's, it's all you want to do and you spend all your time waxing it and riding around in it and, and it's taking away time from the family and it was way too expensive and nobody supports this this idea as opposed to finding a boat that is a family oriented boat that everyone is going to have a good time on and it's going to enhance your life in this in this way just like a diet program like you're going to do something that is going to make every part of your life better and your wife and your family and your and your loved ones and your friends and everyone is going to support this as opposed to being on the cabbage diet or or whatever right. where, you yeah, know yeah. where it's like yeah. no one they're going to support it for a little while this is kind of cute and everything but yeah it's kind of like and then they're going to get fed up the house yeah. smells terrible all the time <laughs> yeah. but but finding a boat is kind of like that like it really is it's like you you can find a way that you can get into the into the space fairly inexpensively and the boats do hold their value very well and that's what i was going to say earlier is like if you start kind of small then 
you get used to that boat, you're comfortable with it, and you're thinking, okay, now it's time to go to a little bit bigger one. If you've only put a year on that boat, it's almost worth what you paid for. Oh, and wow. And then you okay. can, like, especially right now with all of the, um, with right now, there's like this whole supply chain thing, and outboard engines are incredibly hard to come by. And so many parts on the boats are incredibly hard to come by. So if you can get a complete boat, people are willing to pay over market price for a boat that is perfectly ready to go turnkey ready to go they're 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 ready to pay because otherwise they're gonna have to wait a year and a half and that's kind of the world we're living in like uh, i don't know harley davidson was like that many years ago where you couldn't even buy one right so if you had one sitting in your driveway it was worth 25 percent more than when you paid for it six years ago right so people were you know okay well i guess i'll let it go and yeah. people are doing that with boats now, but you can, you, you, you know, it's, it's just a matter of finding the one that you can do something with the whole family and everybody kind of enjoying it, you know? Yeah. I've, I've, I've also got to show her that I can park it. Is that what you say? <laughs> you have to say well, you it? say dock it, but dock um, it. yes, but yes, that is a challenge and, and yeah. also putting it in the, in the water from the, from the uh, boat ramp. But that's where uh, a little bit of instruction goes a long way. And uh, yeah. trying to do it by yourself, eh, you can learn how. But having right. never done it before, then you end yeah. up on this 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 Instagram called the Qualified Captain. Yeah, I watched <laughs> that one. That's pretty great. Yeah. You don't want to end up there. That's not no. where you want to be. That's definitely not. not. Be it on. seems like there are a lot of issues um, where people go from the intercoastal out to the ocean. Sure. There seem to be a lot of videos in that spot. Yeah. Well, those those those. Um, those inlets can get incredibly rough and people are trying to go through there in boats that really shouldn't be going through there. And the big deals is when they have someone in the bow of the boat, which you should never have because the bow is going, you know, the the stern's barely moving and the bow is going, you know, going eight feet up in the air and then slamming down and people are going unconscious in the, in the bow and taking a huge amount of water over it. And, it's just uh, it, it, it re- they really shouldn't be doing that. And then right. you know, somebody that's good at it, if you kind of keep your speed the way it needs to be and, and end up kind of surfing down a wave and accelerating into the next wave and surfing down the next wave and really working this throttle like a good captain is going to be able to do, you'll be able to just go through there no problem. Or even if you're a great captain, it still can be cha- very challenging to go through those places. And some people... You just have a hard time, and so people just set up a camera and just like sit there and wait. And they and they the know they'll one. get something. Yeah, they're gonna. I, get I have a question for you about docking. Mm-hmm. We we have a boat lift, and on it somehow I guess you get the keel in between these two yes. things. Mm-hmm. Is that that seems unbelievably hard to 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 line that no, up? No, no, it won't be because you're also going to have. Um, if it, you know, if once you were to get a, a boat, uh, you would fit it to the to the boat lift, right? So okay. there would be these um, these pipes that would come up on the side that would help kind of guide the boat in there. So you would it's PVC and you would kind of bump into the pole on one side and the other. If you, I mean, if you didn't hit it perfectly, the pole would keep you from kind of going too far over to the right or too far over to the left and then you can get the boat to where it's it's just going to slide on there just like a just like the trailer and okay. uh, then you would just lift the lift the um uh the boat lift out of the water and you could get 
familiar with that very very quickly um, okay yeah within a half a day you could oh. you could have it to where i mean and i say a half a day because if you've never used that before you know you're going to pull in and sometimes you're going to get the boat just a little too far one side or the other or maybe a little too far forward or maybe just a little bit too far back and then then you're going to start to to work it out and maybe there's a cleat on the dock and you're like okay i need to get the steering wheel exactly to this cleat and it's going to be here perfect you know there'll be some right. sort of marker or you could make a mark on the dock somehow to where it's like okay i need to get the front of the console to to this mark and we'll be on perfect if it's too right. far forward that's a bad thing if it's too far back well that's a bad thing and then you can have these guide poles on there and you'll be able to get it no problem. So it just takes, okay. a, you know, uh, four or five times you'll get it. Right. I, I, this is the one, the stipulation my wife made. I have to prove I can park the boat. Well, fair. I, it seems I, fair. having someone like whoever sells you the boat or, or, uh, I don't know if, if I'm around, I'll come down there and, and just show you how to do it. And once, and then you do it a couple of times on your own. Okay. Or it's like, Maybe, maybe, maybe a couple more times before I'm super comfortable with this. But you can get it to where, you know, um, it, it's going to, you're going to be able to put it back in the same place at exactly the same way every single time. Right. And it, it wouldn't take, it wouldn't take you long. Now, depending on what kind of boat you're talking about, because you can get a boat that's hard to handle, you know, right. and the wind starts blowing and things like that. And, and there can be some difficult, um, positions there but i would imagine that you know what we're talking about is just putting it on a boat lift not not going to be a big issue okay okay it you know i look at the size of the boat that i was looking at and i look at how small that space is and i just think hitting well, that tiny it, little it, space it might be you might not have the appropriate boat lift there for the size of boat that you're that you're looking at how big is the boat that you were considering 40 feet okay so, I yeah. don't know what it weighs. The boat lift it could hold it. Yeah. So I mean, maybe they might need to come and and uh, and adjust the boat lift. It could be set for for a much smaller boat. Right. And even though it's a very powerful boat lift, you the previous owner or whoever put it in might have have had a much smaller boat. So you could Got have it. a boat lift that's a giant boat lift, but it'll it's only it's only set up for a small boat. Where yeah. then you could um, move those out a little bit and and set it up for the boat that you would get but 40 feet you know 36 to 40 foot boat that's that's a that's legit for sure it's a big boat yeah, yeah that's a big boat and it probably has at least two engines if not three or sometimes four on a on that so there's a there's a learning curve to that to that boat yeah. and it might be kind of well maybe a 26 is where you should start and then, is that something you can take into the ocean? Yes, for sure. Twenty six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, we we have a twenty six yellowfin, um, both with a single engine and then another one with with twin engines, and and we'll go, you know, way out into the ocean on the right day. You know, it's just the kind of thing right. where you pick the right day. And if it's the wrong day for a twenty six to be out there, I'm not sure you're going to want to be out there in a thirty six. Um, no, yeah, no. The whole the whole reason I thought like, well, this looks safe to go in the ocean, right? But if twenty six, well, I, you know, I mean, we just need to, you know, like the whole thing about uh, boat size and all of that is 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 expectation. Like, where exactly are you thinking about going, and w under what weather conditions, and and um, you know, what's a what's a good choice to start, right? 
right? right? Because a lot of people get too much boat and and it's just it's overwhelming and it's hard to handle and they're uncomfortable with it and they never use it. And so yeah. they got a, you know, $300,000 boat, $500,000 boat sitting there that they're afraid to use. And right. that's not what you want. That's why I would say kind of maybe start smaller and maybe get a boat that you can use inshore and and get comfortable with and go offshore on the right days and then and then maybe upgrade that in a year. Yeah. Right? And and then you get like go from single engine to twins and go from, you know, a, a twenty six to a to a thirty two or something right. like that. And then all of a sudden it's not as big of a jump. But Yeah, yeah. Can you do it? Sure. You know, just right. take some just take some time. Take some time. Yeah. And until then, my wife will keep trying to sell me a a kayak. Yeah. Well, you know, kayaks are fun too. Sure. Sure. (laughs) So, um, what, uh, when are these movies that you're working on now coming out? Uh, Babylon comes out around Christmas, I believe. Um, I am not sure. You know, sometimes you do a movie and you have no yeah. idea when it's going to come out. Sometimes you do a movie. I would guess I've you know I've always heard these these uh, interviews with actors that the movie just turns out amazing, and they're like, I, I didn't know that it was going to be so good when we were doing this. Sure, like, yeah. You know, is it which ones have you been surprised about that turned out better than you thought, or you just had no idea, and they turned out to be these iconic. Well, I, I had a movie um, that had really weird stuff happen uh, called The Hunt, which I really liked. I actually thought The Hunt was a really, really good movie. And, it, and it, again, it was so right up my alley because it kind of made fun of every political side. Um, but when that was supposed to come out October 2019, and they... Uh, they ran ads during, I believe, the Democratic National Convention, which was on CNN or something, some Democratic thing. And the Democrats were enraged because <laughs> the way the preview looked, it looked like it was not a pro-Democrat movie. And then the next weekend, there was like a shooting, and this movie's called The Hunt, and the Democrats were so pissed off they pulled the movie mm. no no that's not true the democrats were so pissed off um and then something happened and then trump got mad at the movie and he said it was anti-republican so then the democrats were like oh okay we'll let that movie come out then and then he got pissed off and and was saying like a bunch of stuff this movie is an attack on republicans which it's not, it's not an attack on, it's an attack on politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a shooting and then the movie, then they were like, we can't release this movie right now. It's too, like the Democrats hate us, the Republicans hate us, this is too much. <laughs> and then the next release date we got was March 13th, 2020, which was the weekend that everybody stopped going to the movies. Yeah. So, and that was one that kind of came and went, um, and I th- I really thought that was a you know if you like it's it's a comedy and it's super violent so there's that but I thought the the humor was really smart. 
And and so did it ever come out or to go? Yeah, I mean, it came out for that weekend. Nobody went to see it because COVID right. had just begun. That was and like right it, when the NBA shut down, right? Like yeah, March. Yeah, that's when I. That's when I, when I whenever I think about when did COVID start that that certainly got my attention when I remember just hearing the NBA just canceled the rest of its season. I was like, what? There's no way yeah. that happened. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And. That's that was it, boy. Right after that, things got serious. Yeah, that's the weekend they decided to release our movie, it, and and then it was on, it might be on HBO now, but it, it's it's around. It's called The Hunt, and, and that was um, one of those ones where while we were shooting it, I thought like I don't know how this is gonna be, and then I really liked it. I actually genuinely liked hmm. it. Yeah, I've always heard that with with you know actors that do the do the. Uh, they post interviews of, you know, I, either it turned out way better than I thought or, you know, I really thought this one was going to be pretty good and it didn't, yeah. just didn't come together as, as I don't know, someone envisioned. But uh, last, last question, what is it, which, which has been um, the movie that you've, that you've liked or, or series that you've liked working with, whether that's because of the director, because of the other actors that you're working with, or, or I don't know, what do you have one that stands out? Yeah, my all-time favorite job was a television show called Chance. Oh, we I did, know that. Uh, one. Yeah, we did two seasons of that. It's on Hulu. That's my favorite job I've ever had. I, you know, the, the funny thing about that, I was just telling Jake, my producer here. Um, it's like they, he had this one that I was that I was watching, and so about that time uh, that that came out, that's when I decided, man, I'd really like to get this guy on the podcast. Oh, uh, nice! I, yeah, and I and I, so that was one of my things that I did. I watched that whole series because I was trying to learn a little bit more about you, and I was following you know this whole journey and then then i put everything together i'm like oh that's the guy that's been in all these other movies and then you've had this incredible weight loss journey and it just seemed like i, I could have a great conversation with you and so i watched that one and it was spooky <laughs> and, yeah. and it, you were great in it but it was a good i don't know there was a good balance between hugh laurie and 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 you and the story it was i don't know it was just pretty cool uh so we, jake and i were talking about it and he hadn't seen it yet and we watched the trailer yesterday. Um, but nice. that one was good. What was it about that one that you liked so much? I I like playing a smart person. Mm -hmm. I don't often get to play a smart person. And, and you know, um, I, I like I, I really knew what I was doing in that, which was really fun, you know, and I was tough. I'm not often tough. Yeah. Well, you were in that one. That one. Was, yeah. That one was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. Well, it's been uh, great to get to know you a little bit, and uh, hope that we'll be able to go fishing together. And, Me too. And uh, we'll get you down to the get you down to the keys. That'd be that would be awesome. Um, yes, sir. So, are you working all through the the winter here, or should we try to get together? Is let's let's try to get together. I mean, look, I I have some sporadic work plan but i'm not like leaving the country or anything okay cool well we'll stay in touch and we'll we'll get together and um really appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh and telling us your story it's awesome Tom, thanks for having me hey thank you okay we'll be back next week with another awesome guest just like ethan suplee 